The Mitchell's Front Page Podcast is brought to you by Geelong Bank. Listen live on 94.7 The Pulse, Mondays and Tuesdays from 9 till 11. On the line now, we've got Maureen O'Keefe, who is a community member for the Geelong Region Cancerians. And um, as part of Women's Health Week, they were going to be having an in-person event on the 6th of September. uh, But that, I believe, has now moved online. Maureen, good morning. Thanks for being on the program. Thank you, Mitchell. Glad to be here. So tell us about the event that you've got coming up, because I know it was, I think, going to be... It was going to be at the library, wasn't it? And then I think you've now had to move it online. Yes, yes. Uh, the magic of COVID, I guess, has t- taught us all to be very mm. flexible about these things. But in many ways, it's a good thing because we'd actually only could have a capacity of 50 at the library because of uh, space limits, but and that had already booked out. So by moving it online, um, we can hopefully make it available for a lot more people because anyone can now link in from home. Now, what is the event covering? So the Geelong Region Cancerians who are organising this in conjunction uh, with the library uh, do a lot of fundraising, but they also like to do awareness raising. And uh, this year we've decided to run a panel discussion called Strength and Positivity When Facing Cancer. And the idea behind it is, I guess, when, when you get a cancer diagnosis, the, the prevailing feeling is fear of the unknown. And, you know, you immediately think, oh, God, I'm going to die. But there's been a lot of people obviously survive cancer and there are things you can do and approaches you can take which make the journey much easier. And so we've organised a few speakers to speak around that topic and hopefully give people some tools and, and perhaps a little hope and inspiration as uh, not only for the cancer patient but also for friends and family. I think the big thing is that cancer touches everyone. So it's probably on all of us to know a little bit more about cancer because we just never know when either us or someone close that we love might be diagnosed with cancer. And I suppose having more information to hand helps us to be informed and hopefully even a little bit less fearful just because we know what's going on. It's not so unknown. Absolutely. And I think, um, I mean, I was diagnosed with cancer myself a few years ago. And the first thing my doctor said to me was stay off Google, you know, Mm. just don't go on Google, which is a very hard thing to do because you want to try and get answers. And of course, there's so much that's unknown. And I, I guess I want to also say that this event is not about saying just be positive, just be positive, because it's not about that at all. It's, it's about being hopeful, I guess, because, you know, in, in a lot of cases, uh, people do survive um, quite long time and the measure is always five years for most cancers and there are plenty of survivors around who tell you that they, they have survived longer and really uh, uh, taking a, I guess, a hopeful approach can actually make the process a lot easier as you go through and the, and the other aspect of this too is the role of exercise. Now, sometimes it's the last thing you think you want to do but there's a lot of um, scientific research that now shows that exercise, even a small amount, you know, during and after treatment can actually make the treatment more effective. So we've got uh, one of our experts talking on that topic as well. It does sound like the treatments have moved forward even in you know, just the last five to ten years has been quite some significant advancements that mean that maybe people undergoing treatment don't receive as many side effects or maybe the treatments are more effective. I'd imagine what you're going to be hearing from at this event is what's on the cutting edge. Yes, I think more so we're going to be hearing about, well, certainly in terms of the exercise, we'll definitely be hearing about the latest um, developments there. The other two speakers, so Sue Mackey um, is a local psychology practice manager. She went through breast cancer about eight years ago now, I think, and wrote a book called 
positive oncology. And it's full of tips and ways of thinking and approaching. So she's got a real life story to tell about how she went through cancer and really documented, did some, she actually did some study in the area while she was going through treatment and realized it was a different way. If you can actually change your thinking a bit, it does actually help. So uh, she'll be speaking. And then we've got um, Sarah Huntley, who's very experienced physiotherapist who in the last four years has been specialising in oncology physiotherapy, which basically is working with patients who have been through treatment and helping them to rehabilitate. And uh, there is so much coming out now that um, says exercise makes a difference. And then our final speaker, Anne Cook, is also another cancer survivor with uh, uterine cancer. And she um, is a survivor of five and a half years now and is really keen to get her story and try and say, you know, it's it's not not a death sentence. You you can get through it, and you can. There is life at the other end. So, I guess we're trying to you know provide that um, hope as well as a few tools for people to use. Can you tell me about your journey with cancer? So, what prompted you to go and get diagnosed, and then how did you feel when you got diagnosed back in twenty eighteen? Well, yes, I, I had been quite unwell for several months and um, I kept getting told by the doctors, no, it's normal, it's perimenopause, don't worry about it, it's normal, it's normal. But I just knew it wasn't right. And finally, I managed to convince my GP to um, do something and uh, he sent me for an ultrasound and that showed two masses and went on. And within a couple of weeks, I was at the Royal Women's Hospital um, having a hysterectomy and the stage, it had actually reached stage three. So, you know, there was obviously something going on for quite some time. And in fact, the doctor told me I'd probably had it for 18 months. So it was sitting there undiagnosed that time. Went on and had uh, 30 or six weeks worth of radiation and uh, four rounds of chemotherapy. And it was challenging, Mitchell, very, very challenging because initially, you know, the doctor's saying, don't go on Google. Well, I did go on Google and I'd found there were 11 other possible reasons why I could have a mass where I had my mass. Mm. Um, and thinking it's got to be one of those. Like I was trying to think it can't be cancer, it can't be cancer. And in fact, I was diagnosed with endometrial cancer. And when the doctor told me, I, I didn't even know what it was. I'd never heard of endometrial cancer, uh, which affects about 3,000 women in Australia every year. So there was a lot of how could this really be happening, shock, what's going to happen now, I've got a big job, I can't just leave work, who's going to look after the cats, all that kind of stuff goes running through your head um, and thinking, you know, I just don't really have time to have cancer, but there it is, you've got to kind of then switch your mind and saying, right, okay, this is a bit of a project, I've got to get on with this and, and do what I'm told and take the treatments. So it was a long nine months of treatment, but uh, that finished uh, in November of uh, 2018. And I'm still here today, Mitchell, so that's a good thing. That 18 months, so you think you might have had cancer for 18 months, but it seems like the actual symptoms only really started to show in that sort of last six months. So it was sort of just sitting there without any symptoms. Is that right? That's right. That's right. And this particular cancer, because it's in the uterus, it's um, it's not that easy to diagnose. There's no um, test 
uh, like a pap smear doesn't pick it up. There's there's no regular test that a woman can do. Um, the the main sign is abnormal bleeding. So if there's any bleeding that's happening out of cycle, or if you've been through menopause, or anything like that. But it can also happen to young women. There's more and more women in their twenties and thirties getting diagnosed with this cancer. But often doctors will say, "Oh no, you're too young." If, even I at fifty seven was told, "No, you're too young. You're supposed to be, you know, in your seventies to get this cancer." Mm. But um, so I, I don't think it's something that GPs autom- it doesn't automatically come to mind. I think it must be something else. So yes, yeah, so we're coming up. Well, as of tomorrow, September is Uterine Awareness Month. So we are keen to encourage women if they are having any abnormal bleeding to just ask your GP, you know, could I have an ultrasound just just to be sure? And uh, it, it's well worth it. And, yeah, if I had had been diagnosed six months earlier, then I might not have had to have the same amount of treatment I had. And how did you go through the treatment? Because we did an outside broadcast back when they were opening the new Andrew Love Centre and talking to some of the cancer patients there. That is, of course, the big battle that people go through, and it's a huge journey. And, you know, for you it sounds like it was a very intensive nine months. Yes, it was. I mean, I think the, the surgery first, it was about six weeks between each stage. So I had the surgery and then basically six weeks recovering from the surgery. Um, and even though it was a laparoscopic surgery, it's still quite, you have to be careful with lifting and, you know, I had to get cleaners in to come because I wasn't allowed to use a vacuum cleaner and all that sort of thing. But not too bad. And then the radiation, I actually had to have a Peter Mac in Melbourne. And so that was, uh, I actually got a lot of exercise because I would walk to the train station, go up, have my treatment, come home. And I did that for six weeks. I did, my brother-in-law did uh, drop me back from Melbourne a couple of times, but that was quite uh, a long trip for a 15-minute treatment every day. Mm. So then there was a six-week break. And then at Andrew Love, I had my chemo. And uh, the chemo itself uh I found the most difficult. It was very, very um, hard on the body because basically you're putting poison in your body. And uh, I did have quite a bad reaction to it. So um, for about five days of each of the three weeks, I um, pretty much didn't get much out of bed apart from feeding the cats and, you know, going to the bathroom, that kind of thing. It was in a lot of pain. But, you know, it's it's what happens and... Um, you know, the, the, you can take painkillers, but that just sends you to sleep, really. But it's amazing what how resilient we are, and it's amazing if you talk to yourself and say, okay, just another day, let's just get through today. Let's just get through today. Let's just get through the next treatment. And before you know it, you're actually at the end of all the treatment, and um, and then you you need to recover. And pleased that you're still going strong now. What's the outlook like for you? Look, I, I'm, I mean, I'm basically a fairly optimistic person anyway and um, I mean I did I did get a recurrence last October it came back into my shoulder which was totally unexpected and was only picked up through a blood test because I'm on regular monitoring at Angie Love now um, and I was really annoyed <laughs> that it came back after all that treatment mm. two years down the track but more radiation um, high intensity radiation this time and it's fine and all the doctors are really happy and I'm on a, um, uh, a hormone treatment now, which has proved to be quite successful, touch wood, in, uh, you know, providing longevity. So um, that's been going well, no side effects from that. And, I'm, you know, I was thinking the other day, you know, they were talking about the uh, next um, the Olympic Games in Brisbane and I thought, hmm, another 12 years, can I make that? I'm sure. <laughs> Just going to keep going every day.
Fantastic. And uh, your event, tell us about how people can uh, sign up and get involved. And is there a capacity? Do you have a limit on how many people can attend online? No, no limit at all. The wonderful people at the Geelong Region Library have got very experienced through COVID of hosting these events. They've hosted lots of author events, etc. So they they are the place to go for registration. So if you go to the um, events section of the Geelong Regional Library website, uh, the, the, which is grlc.vic.gov.au, go to events and have a look at the 6th of September. You can search by date. And that is the date. So it's actually next Monday, next Monday night from 6 till 7.30. Um, and you just register and they will send you a link to the Zoom. And then you just click online with the Zoom and it, it connects you up there. Um, and yes, so no limit at all. So and obviously because it's not face to face, people from anywhere can uh, can join in. And always happy to have the Geelong Region Cancerians on the program and you're really good at getting the message out there and staying in touch. But I think it's just such an important thing that we talk about on a regular basis. So thank you and good luck with the event. Hopefully you get lots of engagement. Thanks, Mitchell. Maureen O'Keefe there, who is a committee member for the Geelong Region Cancerians. The Mitchell's Front Page Podcast is brought to you by Geelong Bank. Listen live on 94.7 The Pulse, Mondays and Tuesdays from 9 to 11. Or search for Mitchell's front page on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram or wherever you get your podcasts.